Hey, Kyle here. I get the privilege of sitting down with Steve Valenza, owner of the Mighty Bull. So Steve, why don't you just tell everyone who's going to watch this a little bit about yourself and uh, what should people who don't know you know about you? Um, yeah, I, um, uh, owner of the Mighty Bull. I have been running it and owning it for about eight years now. Previous to that, I had a banking and lending experience and loved what I did there, but I felt a strong desire to do something that was more connected to the community. Um, and I love food. I have a lot of passion around food, not just from a taste and flavor, but um, certainly from a health and human benefit standpoint. And so that's kind of what kickstarted my journey into um, uh, running and starting the Mighty Bowl. So how did, how did starting it come about? So you banking lending world and that, then starting a restaurant, like where, where did that inspiration come from? When I turned uh, 30, I just, um, I still felt like I was 20 and I just could not believe how fast 10 years went by. Um, and so I just knew 40 was going to hit me as fast as that felt. And I just had this itch and I had been um, at that time in baking and lending for about se six years or so, seven years. And I just, um, I really enjoyed it, but I just, again, I missed that, that deep community connection. And, um, and there's just this profound human connection around food. Like there's so many elements about how we connect around. There's just something about feeding another human being. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to be in food service. You know, like we started out just as a food truck and I just thought we were going to be having a good time send some bowls out of a food truck and uh, food service is as hard as they say it is. It's a labor of love. There's not a lot of money in it. Um, but money's not one of those things that really turn me on things that are interesting, things that matter, things that change the world. That's what turns me on. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why I'm at where, I, where I'm at now. But I, I make this joke because if I, if I worked this hard <laughs> in banking and lending as I do now, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be retired by now. And I think I'm further from it than I've ever been. So that's, that's the story. So what, what's been some of that, that big challenge piece? What, what's been the challenge there as, as you've started that? And then on the flip side, give me kind of your, your greatest joy in starting and running the Mighty Bowl. Oh, that's a lot. Um, the challenges, I think, are, are pretty universal um, in the sense that they're just the economic challenges of running a restaurant, the margins are just so low. You've got to do high volume. Um, and there's so many potential problems that can come with it. And we're seeing that example, just not to jump into COVID so quickly, but we're operating at 40 to 50% of our revenue and restaurants can't survive that way. You just can't, we survive on high volume, making a little bit of money per unit and doing high volume of them. And now when we're cut in half, it just doesn't work. So, but that's been the challenge from day one is just trying to maintain that high, uh, high volume and just, and making enough money to make this thing work. Um, and then secondly, with, with every business or just with life, it's people, you know, people and staff are without question, my favorite part. Mm. And it's also the hardest part too, you know, like, um, machines, as soon as you buy a machine, a piece of equipment you know there's limited life on that machine. It's, it's eventually going to break and then you fix it. But with people, like you don't really know when people are gonna break. You don't know when they're gonna have a good day and a bad day. And 
uh, but I, I but I've loved it like navigating through staff and connecting with people and making some of the deepest friendships ever and then and then parting ways with people it's just been the wrestle and it's been really challenging and really fulfilling all at the same time what is the lesson that you've learned as you've tried to navigate some of that you, you identified hey just working with people there, there's a variable like it, it's both yeah. a joy and a challenge so what yeah what are what are some things that you've learned from that? Yeah, it's been amazing what I've learned about human development and how, how humans operate and function. Um, a saying that I have is like, I always, I always try to be the boss that I've always wanted to have. You know, like everybody complains about that boss and the boss just makes, makes it can make or break a, a work situation. So I always try to be the boss that I've always wanted. And man, I'm telling you, I've put so much effort into that I've been over backwards for people and I still missed mm. I've still fell short mm. and that's been the hardest part is like I've been over backwards for people I have sacrificed I have done what I thought they needed and it turned out after uh, parting ways I still missed mm. and so that's been hard and that's been hurtful but it's been fulfilling because it's been really deeply challenging it's helped me um, analyze myself of where I thought I was right in a place and realizing you just missed it. And uh, I believe that if we're not, um, if we're not changing, we're not growing. Mm. And so I look at myself of like, where am I changing? Where am I different today than I was a year ago or eight years ago or 15 years ago? Mm. And I believe that. And so if we're not changing as people, then I don't know that we're growing. And for some people, they don't want to grow that's not me. I care about growing. I push to grow. I challenge myself. It's painful. It's hard. And um, I think pain is one of our greatest teachers in life, even though I, I don't welcome it. I don't want it. I don't seek it. But when it comes, I try to listen to it. And I've, it's been painful through this whole process. And it's made me into a better person, a kinder person, a more compassionate person. And I'm, I'm deeply grateful, grateful for it. Take us on that journey a little bit. What's one thing that you said that, man, 10 years ago, uh, I would have never thought I would have, I would have been here. So what's one area of your life where you feel like, man, it's just, it's just changed and maybe even how it's played out specifically in the business. Yeah, I, I could go so many directions. I could go politically. I could go religion. I can go socioeconomic, uh, um, world views like you like you take your it. pick like I could go anywhere but in terms of keep, keeping it germane to um, to the business um, man how have I changed um, I've had a lot of I've learned compassion for for what it is to be a small business hmm. um, and and how difficult it is to run a small business um, particularly in the food service industry um, it's really common. You've heard people say that everybody should become a server at, at one point in their life. And it's really true. I mean, we have customers that are, are and, and they're few and far between, but we do have customers that are entitled or um, treat our staff like they're second class. And it's funny that what we've learned in today's society is that these are essential workers and yet they get talked down to or berated. And people don't realize how hard uh, food service workers work um, and for how little money. Um, so I've been challenged now when I eat out and how I treat 
uh, food service workers and how I um, treat small business. So one maybe small thing is that I stopped using coupons. Um, I mean, I, I, uh, I'll use coupons like if I buy from large corporations, although I'm trying to do less and less of that. Mm. So I, I don't really do that very often. But um, if there's, a, if there's a, a, a mom and pop shop or just a, a small business that has a coupon, um, I'll, I'll read the coupon and I'll become aware of that business but I won't use the coupon because I know how hard that small business works. I know how hard they work. And so this dollar off or this $2 off doesn't really make that big of a difference to me. But if they served a hundred customers that day, that $200 a day savings is a game changer to their business. So, so I've changed a lot in that. And and when we have our customers that call us up and say, Hey, we're going to buy 10 bowls for our office. Can we get a discount on our order? And I'm just like, it's petty, man. It's petty because it's like they just don't realize how hard we work in the industry. And um, so that's just one small way that I've changed. Mm. That's, that's so good. That's so good. And you, what you shared there with us was just, I think, some ways that even we as consumers might not realize how we're affecting small businesses in, in, unrealized, in unrealized ways. And so I think that's so helpful to be able to share to others to say, hey, when, when, if you do ask for a discount or you, you are asking this way, it's like you're, you're cutting into profit margin, which then yeah. affects, you know, limits the, the growth and potential of this small business, which then affect, you know, if that happens over the span of time, that's going to put them out of business. I, I really believe, Kyle, and I, I, I deeply believe that the single most profound thing that we can do in our society politically just the most provocative thing that we can do is be aware of where we spend our money. Mm. I'm such a a vote with your dollar kind of guy. And I think it's important to vote each November, but I think there's something much more profound in what we're doing in society today is where we spend our our money, where we spend our dollars. And if the companies that you're buying from don't align with your values, stop buying their stuff. Mm. Like it's just, and I, that's hard. That's challenging. Yeah. I mean, I made a I made a vow earlier this year um, to not buy anything from Amazon anymore, and um, not only just me personally, but um, as a company. And it's been very difficult. It's been challenging. The Amazon transacting um, experience is so good. Yeah, it's the cheapest that you can find. You get it the quickest. It's so convenient. So for me doing this personally in my life, as well as uh, in our business. It's cost us more money. It's been inconvenient, but I think it's worth it because there's much that Amazon does that it doesn't align with my values. And so we have to go seek smaller companies or companies that do align more with our values. And I just think it's the most profound thing that we can do in our society today. Let me ask a follow-up to that. Have you been able to, as you have looked for other companies and attempted to to purchase from them, have you been able to build relationships um, in a different way than you might have been able to with like an Amazon? Absolutely. Um, there's one outfit um, in particular that I'm thinking of. It's called Earthly Gourmet. You would compare them, say, like um, to like a Cisco or to like a U.S. Foods, something like that. You've got like these mainliners that carry like all this um, amount of food, but it's really basically all the same type of food. And a lot of the restaurants just buy the same kind of food. But then you have smaller outfits like Earthly Gourmet that carry specific um, things that cater to folks like us that are very ingredient uh, aware, ingredient focused, that we don't just want that spice on the shelf. We want the specific spice or we want it sourced from 
this area of the country. Um, and so they do that. And it's difficult because instead of us just working with one mainliner, we have to work with seven or eight or 10 of those type of companies. Mm -hmm. But we have built a relationship with them. And we've said, hey, we do this because of this. And this is what matters. And they say, okay, we can adapt and we can change mm -hmm. and cater to our needs. And it's been amazing. Um, it's been really, really encouraging. So that relationship, so then it just makes us want to support them even more. Um, and we deal with the owner of the company. It impacts their family and the people around him that he cares about. It's, it's amazing. So uh, it's been a really rewarding way of us. Um, and it's like as consumers, as individual consumers, we have this platform of what we buy. Um, but as a company, when you buy so much more, whatever that is, um, this, this like, uh, if you were imagine putting like a lever in the, in the earth and then turning the earth with that lever is like, all of us have the lever of how we're going to change the world. And when you own a company and you buy more, our lever's a little bit bigger. And so it's, it feels good to be able to buy um, from those companies that we have relationships with like this. Just again, what you shared there is an ability to uh, adapt and build those relationships that produce a level of sustainability uh, for like for us in the place that we live in terms of just I think food and networking and just uh, you said something to me before and it's like you you had moved I don't want to say beyond is the right word but but past this idea of recycling um, to oh, yeah. this idea of uh, was it sustainability and or, is uh, it, or did you use a different word? Yeah, one of regeneration. Regeneration. And so okay. kind of the way that the scale goes is that um, we look at uh, recycling, which has been important to society and something that we all try to do. And and recently over this last, um, you know, 10 years, we've, we've moved to one of sustainability, realizing that um, what can we do that's actually sustainable? Because we've, we're finding that a lot of recycling doesn't actually work. Mm -hmm. um, there's not, there's not a lot of sustainability to it. So, um, sustainability is something that we all value and we think is, is, um, is a better way. And it is, but recently I've moved into what I believe is the next level beyond sustainability. And that's one of regeneration mm -hmm. and, and, and it, it's, um, it's thought of its foundations are in a lot of gardening or, or permaculture, um, where how can we, how can we live off the earth and how can we plant uh, food and, and, and plants that, that help one another, that there's this symbiotic relationship of all of these plants and animals and insects that all work together and looking at one of cooperation and not one of competition mm. or, or really of one of extraction. And I think the way that our consumeristic, our very, um, unsatiable consumering ways of our society is that it's unend it's unending it's unsatiable and and the planet can't handle that yeah it's we're, we're we're living a life of extraction we're just taking and taking from our planet and and it's it's a finite resource and we're living in an infinite consumer way and so i'm trying to live um, my life as well as run our companies in a way that's one of regeneration like what what are we buying or what are we consuming that gives back to the planet that gives back to humanity and not an extraction uh, to the planet or extraction to to a human i mean you can you can buy that product that um maybe those those 
tube socks that are $3 for a 12 pack. And you're like, how, how do they make this for that cheap? And you realize that somebody's paying the price for it. It's either the planet or it's a, it's a child or it's a, it's a worker. So again, it's just how we buy. And I just think we need to start asking ourselves the questions of uh, where did this come from? Why is this so cheap? How is this possible? And, um, and I think that in those answers, although be it, albeit difficult, I think that um, a better and good comes from it. Well, based on all that you've shared so far, I think people are getting a, r a real sense of your values and how your values have affected your company, your business, and how that translates even to, uh, to your workers and to employees. So just w what would you like the community to know just on the other side as we're, as we're still navigating COVID-19, what would you just like to be able to just say kind of to the community, those who watch and listen to this, as you guys are, have just been navigating this season of COVID-19, what would you like them to know? Wow, that is a big question. And it's one that I'm still answering every single day. I've been challenged in so many ways. Just um, we closed for about 10 or 11 weeks. And during that time was really difficult for me. I know it's been difficult for everyone, but um, it's been a real challenge and it's allowed me to slow down and reflect on what matters in life, what's important, um, what are my priorities. And, you know, some people will say, I, got, I don't have time for that. Well, we all have the same time. We all have 24 hours in a day. It's not about time, it's about priority. Yeah. And so this has caused me to, I mean, and I look at our staff that, I mean, we work 40 to 50 hours a week and we're just exhausted only to just barely recover on the weekends just to do it again and it's like our american ways of just work and work and work and work i just think it's unsustainable i think it's unhealthy and so i'm reflecting on how much i work how much our staff works um that there's more to life than just work um so that's been a big part and a big challenge for me and i i've just really profoundly been challenged and been amazed that the only as big as this pandemic has been and it's been profound biggest thing that's happened in all of our lives uh, it's caused the the world to stop mm. and the only thing that can bring a pandemic to its knees is injustice for people that have been oppressed mm. i just can't believe that this black lives movement thing has brought a pandemic to its knees it's caused it to stop the conversation stopped about this pandemic and we started talking about people that are oppressed. Mm. I, I've just been blown away by it and I've been challenged, Kyle. There's things that I didn't know. There's mm. things that I, I mean, for me, for example, I, I believe that I haven't been racist and, I, and I've realized that that's not enough. And I've realized that it's not enough to just not be racist, that we have to be anti-racist. Mm. And there's not enough time to go into that, nor is this really the platform, but I would just challenge people to ask the question of, am I just not racist or am I anti-racist? And what does that mean? And it's been really a challenge for me. And um, I haven't really identified in the Black Lives Movement over the last few years that it's been going because to be honest, because I'm not black and I didn't think I could identify with it. But during this time, I've realized that, um, coming as a white male, 
learning that I am responsible. I, I do need to look at all of these systemic things and be a part of the solution. And I say this, not that it's been easy or that I just, I have all the answers. It has been very hard for me. It's been challenging. And I've chosen to look at the darkness and, and, um, and the, just the heavy and hard piece. And so I would just challenge people to do that work. Um, talk to people that you disagree with. Um, talk to a black person. Um, challenge yourself and grow um, because it's worth it as hard as it is. So that, that's what I would uh, encourage people. I think it's so good and see every time we that we just get down and when we talk and we have these conversations I just uh, I, I love what you're sharing and just the appetite for learning that you have and you're willing to process and try things and it plays out in very practical and real ways it's not uh, it's not something that just stays in your head or ideas and this is what I appreciate about you that but you take those ideas and those thoughts and what you process and it plays out in relationships, and it plays out in your business. And so with that said, where can people uh, find you and, and the Mighty Bull? Uh, how, how can people get a hold of you if they want some delicious food? Thank you for asking. Um, I'm showing a, an unstable connection right now, so hopefully this is going through. But I really appreciate um, this platform, Kyle, um, your genuine heart and spirit in this community. Um, uh, I trust you and I know your audience trusts you um, to bring about awareness of what people are doing in our community. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, we have uh, three different locations or ways that you can find us. We have our um, brick and mortar that is located at 8th and Washington. Um, it's open Monday through Friday. And then we have our, um, and just for lunch right now, um, we also have a, um, a trailer that's up at Brothers Cascadia Brewing in Hazeldale, and that's open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, um, and that's open for dinner as well. Um, and um, and then we have our food truck that operates at different locations around the county, as well at the farmers market on the weekend. Um, I would just encourage everybody to go to our website, which is themightybull.com, to look at uh, exact hours, especially in today's new world. We're changing hours, trying to adjust to meet demand. So I just encourage people to go to our website and find um, the hours so that they don't show up when we're not open. Um, and then we're working on um, a new uh, concept that's gonna be rolling out probably in the next four weeks, like maybe the first week of August. We're working on a, a plant-based burger idea and I'm really excited about it. Um, um, it's progressive, it's delicious, um, it's good for the planet, it's good for our health, um, it's good for animals. Um, and so that should be coming out um, in the first uh, week of August. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm really excited about it. Well, man, I, I can't wait to try that. That sounds, that sounds amazing. It sounds good. And I just know whatever you guys put your, put your mind and, and your work into that, it always tastes great. So that's why I'm, I'm excited to share that. So see, thanks for thank sitting you. down with me and yeah. uh, we'll chat again real soon. Okay. Thank you, Kyle.